Hi, everyone. I'm Mel Butcher. And I'm Michelle Ridfin. And we're behind the Lead to Soar podcast. We've got a couple really fun things to share with you. And the first thing we want to share is our colleague, Susan Colantuno. She started a podcast called Be Business Savvy. Be Business Savvy. We highly recommend it. And it's a short form podcast where you hear directly from Susan. It's like having a friendly mentor in your ear. So check her out at BeBusinessSavvy.com. Over to you, Michelle. Thanks, Mel. Well, two exciting things from me, along with Be Business Savvy. Number one, The Leadership Compass. My very first book is due for release on March 26, 2024. You can find out more about The Leadership Compass, what it's all about. Of course, it'll be your ultimate guide if you're an ambitious woman leader. You can find more about that at michelleredfern.com. And hand in hand with the Leadership Compass book is the Leadership Compass boot camps. I'm going to do one boot camp a quarter for 2024 for just six women at a time. And you'll be working through in three weeks. So, yes, it's short, sharp, and high impact. All of the elements from the Leadership Compass and my 40 years of executive experience. So, you'll cover BQ, EQ, and SQ, and you will be positioned to have a career that soars. Again, you can find out about the boot camps at michelleredfern.com, leadtosoar.com, or if you can't find any of that, just drop us a line and we'll point you in the right direction. You're listening to Lead to Soar, bringing women the best career advice and mentorship from around the world. Lead to Soar is a production of a career that soars. Learn more at leadtosoar.com. The Lead to Soar podcast is recorded in many places across the world. In Australia, it's recorded on the lands of the Wadawurrung, Wurundjeri and Boon people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to Elders past and present for they hold the memories, the traditions, the cultures and the hopes of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples across the nation. We also pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people listening today. Woman Jekka and hello, it's Michelle Redfern from the Lead to Soul podcast back with you, our dear listeners in 2022 and back with a great friend of mine, but also great friend of a career that soars, Renata Bernardi. Hello, Renata. Hello, Michelle. Hello, audience. I'm very excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me again. No worries. So if you're not a member of a career that soars and uh, why not, and we'll talk about that later, but you won't have seen Renata's work workshop that she ran with us, uh, How to Exhibit Executive Presence in a Virtual World. And I've got to say, one of the most informative masterclasses and workshops for me, I now have a dual screen as a result of that. And oh my God, my world is transformed. If you haven't tuned into episode 44 of the Lead to Soar podcast, How to Overcome the Fear of Success When You're Job Hunting, then you may not know about Renata's expertise. So her zone of genius, she is the host of the Job Hunting podcast. She's also an executive coach, job hunting expert, and career strategist. Renata teaches corporate, nonprofit, and public professionals the steps and frameworks to help them find great jobs, change, and advance their careers with confidence and less stress. And in her own words, Renata is determined to help you. She wants you to feel empowered, nail that next fabulous job, and have a career that soars. So it's just awesome to have you here, Renata, because... I learn every time we have a conversation, I learn about 
this whole end-to-end process of that that is job hunting. And we've talked before that, you know, before I moved out into becoming a, a business owner, I was in the corporate system, but many of us become less practiced at job hunting. And because we've got great careers and we tick along and we get tapped on the shoulder and what have you, and suddenly we can suddenly find ourselves going, oh my God, it's time for a, or someone taps me on the shoulder or they ask you to interview or blah, 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 but whatever it is. But right now, it is a really amazing time in history, not least of which is because we're still in a coming up for two year long global pandemic. But as we record this episode in early 2022, I'm reflecting on the conversations about the great resignation, the great reset, the great blah, 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 everything. There's a great going on. And I was a little bit skeptical in mid-2021 because I thought, oh, I think this is just one of those things. Then I remember reading something from you, Renata, saying, no, no, this is coming. It may not have hit Australia yet, but February, March, it's coming. And I've got to say, hand on heart, I've had more conversations with women who have moved or pulled up stumps or are planning to move in the last three months than, than I've probably had for a long, long time. Is that your experience or am I am I in a sample size of one and just, you know, kidding myself? No, no, you're not kidding yourself. But I have to be very careful because my professional sample is always skewed because people that reach out to an executive coach who positions herself as being an expert in job hunting, <laughs> these people are always dissatisfied with their jobs. A little bit of bias. Yeah, yes, fair enough. Yes. So they, they're laid <laughs> off and they're dissatisfied. The way that I keep myself with a finger on the pulse of the job market and what's happening is really by talking to employers, talking to recruiters. I keep myself really up to date. I I read a lot. You know, I read researchers. This morning I was reading um, a quarterly report from the International Chartered Accountants Federation or whatever it is that they call the association. So I'm always reading because I need to know. I need to be many steps ahead of my clients in order to support them. And, you know, the pandemic mode has brought this exacerbated this need for flexibility. Any dissatisfaction that people had in 2019 just got more exacerbated or not. You know, some people really found themselves in a better position. We have to just be very careful how we make decisions during VUCA times. You know, volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity are not when our reptile brains perform the best. It's those three modes, isn't there, when, when we're in what fight, fight flight, or freeze. And it's, um... <laughs> that's right, that's right. So we think we're very rational, and, and rational thought is actually one of our biggest enemies when we're making decisions because we think, 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 and we think of ourselves as being quite rational because if you're listening to this podcast, I'm assuming you are very well-educated, you are a professional, you are ambitious, you want to grow in your career, chances are you think of yourself as intelligence, but that, that doesn't mean that you're very good at making decisions, doing complexity, ambiguity, volatility, and uncertainty. We have been theorizing about these things for a while, but this pandemic has really put to test all these theories that uh, we, we've developed for the past three decades, four decades even. But our reptile brain, first of all, is not very good at making those decisions. And secondly, what I will always recommend people to think about if they're thinking about doing a reshuffle, a reset or uh, or resigning is write it down, 
take it out of your brain. Your brain is not supposed to compress a whole bunch of creative and strategic ideas. So write your plans down and discuss it with experts people that have your back. You know, your um, financially, I think it's important for you to discuss it with your bank, with your accountant, with if you have a partner, make sure that your partner is on board. If you have a coach or if you can at least book a consultation with somebody, book a consultation with somebody before you take the steps into walking into the unknown because you may be replacing one stress with another. A devil you, you know with a devil you don't know and somebody that can shed light on what happens next after you resign will really help you make those plans. And there are some episodes in the Job Hunting Podcast where we discuss this a bit more at length and I'm happy if you want the links to those, we can put it in the episode show notes to give people some idea of what it means to be resetting your career. I'm going to do an unashamed plug for a career that soars here because this is one of the many reasons we exist is so that women do have that personal board of advisors to think out loud with, to to reason and rationalize and you know come up with, with decisions because we, we more often than not face a set of crossroads about all sorts of different things and it always is useful to, well, a problem shared is a problem halved as the old, old saying goes. But I guess back to the broader environment, what else are you observing around employee mobility? Let me put some context around this. I think about this podcast as being in service to not only leaders, women leaders or leaders of all genders, but particularly women who want to move and who want to advance their career. But I'm also interested in helping leaders who are leading other leaders and other people to say, what what do you need to pay attention to here around employee mobility? That's a very good question. And look, honestly, things are changing so fast. And the Omicron, which, you know, at this time when we're is so devastating to both people's uh, future career plans if they're currently unemployed or if they're business owners or if they're big employers it's causing havoc <laughs> into plans that were setting place in the last quarter of 2021 so what you need to do is become better and better at forecasting and foresighting so forecasting is when you look back and learn from previous mistakes or previous successes and remove all of the weaknesses and reinforce the strengths. And that's really forecasting. Foresighting is when you think creatively and outside the box and you do scenario plannings uh, to, to sessions, you know, just better to do it with other people so that you can start building an idea of what your business, your career, your plans are going to look like in years to come. And I think it's really important to merge those two and weave those two together. We are much better at forecasting than foresighting exercises and uh, doing that is really important. But the other thing I think people need to do more is get out of their comfort zone and read. I don't know if you've noticed this, Michelle, you and I are old enough to remember. And in my case, I really do miss proper newspapers that arrive at my place. And there was this routine that I had in the morning where I would wake up, I would, in my pajamas, make a cup of coffee and read all the news. I remember doing that when I was growing up. And then when I was working, I would get to work early and I would grab the papers in the, you know, main like kitchen area, bring it to my office and read all the important bits for me and return the paper. So because we don't have paper anymore, uh, those newspapers anymore. We're not 
we've become quite lazy in the way that we read the news and we have been not very good at deep diving into our areas of expertise. I'm not saying you need to read it cover to cover, but if you call yourself an expert in a specific sector, let's say banking, and you are ambitious and you want to grow in your career and you are, let's say, from India and you have kids of a certain age and your banking clients or of, of specific sectors, you have to know everything you can about those sectors to become a leader in your field, to become a thought leader. And, and I say this as a reminder to myself, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's really important. And our lives have been now really turned upside down. And yes, you can watch the news about COVID over and over again. But at some point, you need to start looking at analysis and deep diving into important areas that will help your career grow. Well, I couldn't agree more. And I've got two little life hacks. One's a piece of advice. I remember when I went to my very first board training with actually women on boards here in Australia. And I remember Ruth Med, one of the founders, said, all good executives and board directors read the Australian Financial Review every day. So I went, right. So I just, I got a subscription to the Australian Financial Review and I still have it and I read it every day. Now, I don't get the hard copy anymore. It's digital, but my hack is, so I, I subscribe to quite a number of publications, but what I do is I subscribe to their newsletters within those publications around the sectors that I pay want to pay attention to. I've got clients in the manufacturing sector, the supply chain sector, naturally in my area of expertise. So I get these digests from each of these publications, which give me the top sort of between five and 10 stories. And that's my that's the start of my day because most of them have a 6am and I'm that's my first part of my day is reading all of these digests. I, I bookmark them and come back to them. So I agree. I think it's uh, if you are going to be known as a leader who's ready to lead either at the next level or you know in, in a different capacity, you need to know what's going on in your industry. And from our perspective, our leadership definition, leadership is using the greatness in you to achieve and sustain extraordinary outcomes by engaging the greatness in others. That missing 33% business strategic and financial acumen is often missing from a well strategic thinking, but the but demonstrating that you're in the know, demonstrating that you're in the know about your industry, about your sector, about what's going on, what are the global mega trends that are going to provide headwinds and tailwinds to your organisation. So before we go, can I give some tips for people that are time poor? So I think the AFR in Australia is very good. I know you have people that listen to you that are from overseas, and one tip that I always recommend is for people to set up Google. Alerts. Google Alerts is so great. So you can find the right keywords and play around. You might not get it right the first time, but in, just persist and make those keywords better and better. With time, you are going to get the right stuff coming in your inbox. And I do mine weekly, so it doesn't bother me every day. I also sign up for a free news website called Axios, A-X-I-O-S from the US that I think is pretty good. I like the Atlassian. I like the Washington Post the New York Times. I, in Australia, I also do the Australian because I'm always looking at corporate news. It's very important for me to be aware of that. But most importantly, I read Gartner review reports and McKinsey's, sometimes Deloitte, KPMG's as well, and the UI. So I kind of keep an eye open on those sort of reports that come up and uh, the World Health Organization and the World Economic Forum. So they have great 
great reports. And depending they on do. your and sector, they come out in a digest form as well. So set, set news are great for health professionals. So you have to kind of find what is great for my profession and my sector and just stick to it. Don't sort of read everything that comes your way because that's too much and you're going to be overwhelmed. Just stick to what is important for your sector and read that consistently. And bringing that back to the relevance around the ABC of job hunting. This is positioning, this is building your, well, it, it's putting more tools in your toolkit, positioning you to be able to have broader and deeper conversations about your sector, about the roles that you might want. It also helps you get connected with the right people. So I think there's already, we've, we've got this plethora of advice, write down your goals, subscribe to the right, uh, or read more, lift your head up out of your day-to-day job and start putting your energy towards building your capability, your Ability to talk more broadly about global issues, particularly those that are relative to your sector. But I guess the what I want to do is bring it right back to this this employee mobility. So the great whatever you want to call it, resignation, retention, moving, whatever it may be. In our final episode of 2021, episode 50, we talked uh, myself, Susan, Mel, Amal, and Teresa talked about this particular matter. And I said I wanted to do a flip on it. I wanted to talk about how much of a great opportunity this was for women. And how right now there's this an opportunity for women to say, now the market or the conditions are optimal for me to consider what is my next big move. So given where the job market is, and I, and I know it's very uneven across sectors, but let's I'm going to talk in broad generalizations. What, what's the one thing that women specifically need to do, right? What's that one bit of advice you'd give them now to take advantage of this market right now? Oh, that's very easy. I'll tell you what it is. And that's something that I have been saying for the past few weeks, nonstop, just go through the job application. It doesn't matter that it doesn't have the flexibility that you need, that it's interstate, that it's full-time and you want part-time, that it's part-time and you want full-time. Just go through the job applications. We are living in a sort of such a convoluted time. If the employer hasn't had the time yet to consider what remote working is, what flexibility means to them, it's okay for you at the end of the process if you are the right candidate for you to negotiate that flexibility into your contract, negotiate remote work into your contract. And that has been something that I've been working with clients nonstop since middle of last year. I have clients that are working for overseas companies and based in different countries, and that's all fine. But that wasn't in the contract to begin in. That wasn't part of the the criteria to begin with. You just need to present yourself as the best possible candidate for that job. And then when you're given the opportunity, you say, okay, but I will accept if I these are my conditions. And especially women have a hard time doing that. Right. I agree. I agree. So terrible. So I had I had this conversation this week with a woman and she's a prospect client and she was saying, you know, I had this great conversation with the employer and they sent me and, and it seemed like they really liked me and they sent me the position description and it was full time. But I told them I can only work part time. And I'm like, maybe she doesn't have the clout to make that call yet. But she's expecting you to apply. And if everyone agrees that you're the right candidate, eventually you'll be able to negotiate it. 
right? So we live in times of change, of very, very rapid change. And the employer may not have considered it yet. They work with templates. They're busy. They have other priorities. I mean, really, maybe this job is important, but it's not high priority considering what's happening in the world. You have to give people a break and just go for it and then decide later what you're going to do and how you're going to negotiate. I love when people book consultations with me for the negotiation part of the deal because that's when I really can help them make immense change, you know, not only in the salary packaging, but trying to get as much as they can out of this opportunity. It's the best time to negotiate, as you know, Michelle. Yeah, absolutely. Once you're locked in, you're locked in and then it's an uphill battle. Yeah, I, I agree. But once you're, you've actually, in the words of, you know, Jack Well in the 90s, he used to say, step up to the plate and take a swing. Until you take a swing, you're never going to know if you're going to connect with the ball, run around the bases, whatever it may be. So I, I think that's really great advice. Put yourself into the process. The only decision you're going to have to make is when there's a contract in front of you that meets all of all of what you want. And then you can say yes or no, but there's going to be no contract, no negotiation unless you put yourself into the process. So step up to the plate, ladies, and have a swing. No one will die, we promise. And Michelle, I think more now than ever, this is true because people are now way more open to a lot of stuff that they were completely shut down before. They would never accept negotiating anything before because the supply demand was completely different than it is now. Not only people are fighting for talent, but they're more open. They understand that you can work from home. They understand that you can work remotely. I have seen people win over employers and future employers by convincing them that they can do the job, even if the position description never included it in the first place. So now is the time. I agree. And I, I've certainly on the on the employer side, which is where I probably spend most of my time, I've seen mindsets shift exponentially around the way we work in the last two years, which I think, you know, not for all industries and all parts of all, all employers, but certainly has shifted quite remarkably. I'm Mel Butcher, and I want to talk to you about Project Best Self. Project Best Self is a goal-setting and habit-formation intensive. Together, we'll get clarity on our goals, set up the systems we need to be successful in those goals, and provide support to one another in our cohort in this intensive. I'd love to see you inside Project Best Self. Come join us. Learn more under the courses section inside A Career That Soars. So let's get to the heart of things now, Renata. What are the ABCs of job hunting and why do women need to pay attention to this? Wouldn't it be great if I actually had something that started with the letter A? I know, I, I know. I <laughs> maybe one day, call me back and, and maybe we can organise. We'll when I come up with out. an acronym, the ABC of job hunting in 2022, right? First of all, women. Put yourself first. Put yourself first. Like we remember that time when we used to travel on the plane, Michelle. We don't do it. Anymore. I remember it two years and ago. Then- <laughs> I've been on a plane. Yep. So that, that, that little video will come up and they will tell you to put the mask on first. I say that all the time to my clients, especially women, put the fat mask on first because your salary and your job satisfaction is great. This will not only positively affect your quality of life, but the quality of life of everyone around you, everyone that depend on you. And for some reason, we forget that all the time. 
we put ourselves last, we never want to invest in ourselves, we never have the time, we never carve out the time. It's just so heartbreaking to see women not take their careers forward because they just can't put their masks on first. And it will really impact everyone around them. And I see that manifests itself in all sorts of different ways. And in fact, in fact, I was having a conversation earlier today in because uh, we have now have a weekly career coaching conversation in a career that's also a, a drop-in session for an hour, hour of power every week with me. And the conversation I was having today was why, why haven't we seen more women join the platform? And I said, well, my experience is that we don't put our own mask on first. We don't prioritize ourselves. And this person made a particularly good observation. She said, but it's only $145 and look at the return on investment. I said, well, I can tell you what the return on investment is because I've seen women last year as a result of the work we've done together, lift their salary and get, frankly, six-figure bonuses and things like that because they are able to just unlock parts of themselves to have the conversation using the right language, all that kind of stuff and demonstrate their capability. And when it comes to career and job hunting, I see perhaps a lot of people, um, and, and look, I have a bias towards women because I work with a lot of women, but I see a lot of women who won't necessarily invest in advice and understanding these processes, these complex processes from woe to go, um, that is the job market that is going through the process. So I think your advice, put yourself first, is great because the out is going to be great for you and for everyone in your in your you know your nearest and dearest whomever they may be because when you're in a great job you're happy when you're in a great job you're probably getting paid what you're worth which means you're contributing able to contribute more financially to your family to the economy it's just a win 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 right absolutely absolutely but that leads me to the second part of the abc for job hunting which has everything to do with what you just said is you don't have to do it alone and in fact secrecy and discretion does not serve women. Secrecy and discretion does not serve women. We have learned that the hard way when women open their mouths, the power that can ignite the change is so much faster to achieve better results for our careers, more equity, more fairness. You know, share, share, go to the platform, a career that soars and share, ask questions, share what more than asking questions, just share what you know. Before we re- started recording, what did I tell you, Michelle? Michelle, we need to catch up more because I have I, I learn a lot from you and you learn a lot from me. There's no need to reinvent the wheel. And I my motto in life is I always share first, mm. right? Because I know that if I show people that I'm open to sharing what I know, they will understand that and share what they know as well. And we will all learn from it. Well, I, I, I agree. And, and, you know, we when we talk about networking, networking, and Susan says it beautifully, networking is around generosity and reciprocity. And it's such a, you know, generosity is such a big part of, of what we do. And, it, and if we want to kind of put a gendered lens on it, women are known for their interpersonal skills, their relational skills, their ability to build great networks. However, what they're not necessarily known for is having strategic networks as well as men are rated as having strategic networks. And this is what we want to help. So, Because you're right, when women talk amongst each other and share information, critical information, particularly around, here's a great role, because you and I both know some of the best roles are never, ever up on a job board. 
probably a little bit different these days, but some of the best roles are handpicked. They're never advertised. The salaries are not. So where do you start off from? So when we start sharing this information, but are, but we're also open to receiving information, yeah, I think it's a win-win-win situation. I think women will be much better off as well, not just women, every professional, when they start sharing how much they earn. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. So in New York, New York State, it's been legislated last week or the week before. I just don't have the article to hand that salary transparency is now legislated. And so people know what, you know, and yes, there are ranges within, you know, there are bands and there are ranges and things like that. But I think that takes out a lot of inequity because we, we we know about the global gender pay gap. And when you overlay the cultural pay gap on top of that, you know, women my age who are Latino, 48 to 52 cents in the dollar against my 82. Uh, you know, so that's just ridiculous. So anyway, so I, I agree. So don't do it alone. And share. when they share with me, Michelle, eight times out of 10, I tell them they're earning less than they should. And it's not really about even a career advancement. It's just a salary correction that you need right now. This is a salary correction. It's not a promotion. It's very different. In fact, coaching and the tactics around it are different as well. So now, because the the war for talent is so great, you can achieve that uh, salary correction internally within your current employer or externally by moving to the same job elsewhere and, and earning more that way. So we need to learn to feel comfortable about sharing it because by not sharing it, you're just putting yourself backwards, maybe years, you know, for not knowing how you're how much you're worth. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And I remember the uh, the first time I got a shock approached by a recruiter to enter a process for a role, a fairly senior role. And I sort of said, oh, well, what's the salary? And they said, what are you on? And I must have had some stroke of genius. I said, no, no, I want to know what the salary is on offer. And they told me it was nearly $50,000 a year. And this is a long time ago above what I was earning. I mean, I'm in. And as it turned out, I didn't actually go to that employer, but I used it as an opportunity to renegotiate my salary where I was to a commensurable amount. And I was shocked. So just just by that, you know, I was able to, and, and frankly, that translated into better outcomes for my family. So I, I think that's great. And we certainly encourage women. We have a courageous ask in a career that soars and yeah, are lots of ways to, to either share openly or share anonymously via the hosts um, for women who want to ask some, some of these really tricky questions. So I think that's great advice. Don't do it alone. All right. What's number three? Number three, review and reset along the way. This is an important advice, especially for women, because our priorities change over time. As you know, the way that you think about your career in your 20s is different than what you think about it in your 30s and in your 40s and so on. And it's true for everyone, but especially for women, we we have different needs at different times. We're caregivers, we're mothers or our daughters, or you know, we want to travel or we want to be alone, or I don't know what it is, but you need to reset and review. Things change, the world changes, your environment change, and your needs and wants change as well. So it's important to either do it by yourself, maybe the start of the year or your birthday. I do it twice a year. I like the to have a tight control over my outcomes. <laughs> and I I've I've learned to do it twice a year. I've had to do it because I've so much change has happened in my life. I had countries, I had kids, I changed jobs a lot. So I always felt like I needed to 
take control more so than others. But it really depends. Some people have more linear careers and they may not need to do that so often. But it's important to review and reset along the way and make sure that you're following your dreams. Yeah. So what's a really practical kind of method that, you know, might be useful? Because people won't be going, oh God, what do I do? I'm not very good at this reflection or goal setting business or, you know, whatever it may be. So what's a really practical way that perhaps someone who's listening could go, I probably need to do this reset and review business. What's a practical way to go about that? One one easy step that they could take. Well, I created a whole business around it. (laughs) I have a whole methodology that my clients have access for life. So once they sign up for a group coaching program or a private coaching program, they they can access it for life. And it's a personal portfolio that, that I created and I've done this decades ago and incrementally made it better and better each year. But you can buy something like a productivity planner. You know, there are some people that buy those uh, planners and they kind of guide you in many ways. I don't particularly like them because I have my own methodology. So whenever I'm given a productivity planner, I really try to make it work, but, but it doesn't work for me. But it works for a lot of people. As long as you follow some sort of structure, so that, you know, it's it's good to free flow and brain dump. I think that that's important. But then you structure it in a, what is it that you want five years from now? What is it that you want five years from now? So if you don't want to go too far ahead, you know, I prefer to go all the way, all the way to the end, Michelle. I want to know what I want to achieve by my mid-80s and then re-engineer backwards from there. And the reason why I think this is important, I think it's very simple, is if I know what I want to achieve 20 years from now, five years from now, and then there is a bump along the way next week, it's not going to drive me crazy. If I know what what I'm focused on and I know I have a higher purpose, I know I'm on my way to my preferred future. A year a year of a pandemic or two years of a pandemic, it's not going to be such a big deal. Well, I was going to say in, in the context of one's whole life, assuming one lives a, a long life, of course, some people don't, but we will say, well, that was two years. That was an interesting two years. We're going to look back one day and go, wow, that was interesting. But I, I certainly know that I have benefited from reflective practice and also that I do a once a year reset. In fact, I'm in the middle of it now because I actually take quite a considerable amount of time, typically at the end of a calendar year or the start of a calendar year to say, what are my intentions and what what's going to guide me? I know in my heart what a life well lived looks like for me because I did the work ages ago. But you're right, I, I review and reset. One of the things that we've that we're doing now in a career that soars is a regular Monday and Friday activity that is so easy. Monday, what are your intentions for this week? Post it in the group. Friday, what do you feel good about accomplishing? What did you nail this week? Post it in the group. We've got this massive accountability group going, and and I, it's already gathering steam, and it's it's helping. I think to your point, it's helping us get into the rhythm of stop, breathe, reflect. What's got me here? may not get me there wherever my next there is. What do I need to stop, start or continue? And when it comes to your career and particularly job hunting or mobility, let's just call it mobility, I think that's really good advice, particularly coupled with the don't do it alone. Because when you're getting, you know, I can see this quite circular, beautiful circular pattern there. So I've reviewed and reset. Now I need to put myself first again. What do I need to do? Where do I invest my energy? And you talked about in the last time we did a podcast, where's my emotional energy being directed to? To my job search 
or to what I'm kind of already doing over here that's not making me particularly happy. And then, of course, calling on your your board of advisors, whomever they may be, to, to help you think out loud and strategize. And then we go back to review and reset. So it's a lovely circular process that I think would stand people in good stead. I think if you're job hunting, let's say you're currently unemployed or you're employed and you're thinking what next, there are lots of red herrings that tend to show up and you tend to be really distracted. What, what do you mean by a red herring? What, what, what pops up? Job market places like seek.com or LinkedIn jobs can be as addictive as Instagram for job hunters. You know, you just see all these opportunities and then people tend to have an opinion about where you're going next. And then there's too many opinions and all of a sudden you have too much information to deal with. Mm. And having a, a well set plan that you commit to. You don't need to commit to it forever. That's why I'm saying review and reset. But if you commit to it, and by committing to it, I mean, give it a year, give it two years, give it as much time as you can afford to give, then you're weeding out all these other ideas that tend to show up. I don't know. I, I'm sure that you're like me, Michelle, because we're both entrepreneurs. Like I'm constantly having ideas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I need, to, <laughs> I need to just think the idea and then let it go. Let it go in this river that flows, you know. Even sometimes this morning I was trying to meditate because I do it every morning. And I frankly, I was just, all these ideas kept popping into my head and I couldn't concentrate. <laughs> and I'm like, thank you for this idea. Just now you can yeah, go yeah, yeah. away <laughs> because I have my purpose. I know what I want to achieve and all of these other things are great, but they're not going to be high priority. Sometimes we can be rational and think, oh yes, but it will add a little bit, but it's just incremental. It's not really on the lane that you're supposed to be. You're just making excuses to accept more and more stuff on your plate. Absolutely. And this comes back to you to number one or the the A, which is put yourself first. And part of putting yourself first is being very clear about what you want to achieve or accomplish in, in a defined period of time and learning to say no and putting the boundaries around that to say, all right, well, if I want to get a new job by December 2022, that means I need to do, you know, here are the activities that are going to fuel that. And here are the things that have to stop because we actually have to stop doing some stuff. And I call them shiny new toys. Oh, there's a shiny new toy. There's another job that's popping up or another thing and another thing. And yes, I agree. You can get overwhelmed by it. And certainly I've been very public about the fact I have 19 ideas a second and usually 19 of them are pretty bonkers, but every now and then I get a cracker. But yeah, we've, we've got to be really clear about what you are, who you are, what you bring and where you're going, what you want to accomplish. Otherwise we are drifting along a little bit. And as much as we'd love to think that those bluebirds drop from the sky and the magical job will just pop up and someone will tap you on the shoulder, won't necessarily happen that way. So let's wrap all that up because we've we've heard, let's write down at the very first thing, don't live in your head, write down what it is you want when it comes to your role then talk it out. So find your personal advisor, board of advisors. It might be you, Renata. It might be a group of your mentor. It might be you know, a, like a career that source, whatever it may be, but talk it out with people who can give you an outside in perspective on what it is that you want. Then you've said, get informed. 
get informed about your industry or about your employer, your industry, your sector, the global trends, so that you can be known as someone who is a thought leader, hate that expression, but who has got the chops. They know what they're talking about. Then we've talked about you've got to step up and take a swing. Get yourself into those processes because they're good practice, if nothing else. Put yourself first. Don't do it alone. Review and reset. Okay. And beware of red herring. So there's just a bucket load of advice there. But if there's one tactical thing listeners can do right now, particularly those who have said, you know what, it's time. It's time for me to make a move. What are they going to do? What should they do? And what could they do with you? If they are really serious, they need to carve out the time. Carve out the time because you can hire me, but I'm not I'm not going to do what the fairy godmother in Cinderella did. You know, oh, I don't have a dress. And I'm just going to say, yeah, here you go. Bing, there you go, you have a dress. Now, we work together. I coach people, right? It's like you you are a tennis player, you're Ash Buddy, and I will come and I will coach you. And sometimes you don't just have one coach. You, you might have one coach and you might have to do other things as well. My coaching is very holistic. So I like people to make sure that they're rested, make sure that they're exercising, that they're eating well. I'm a real coach. I'm going to treat you like an executive athlete that you are. And if you're going to come to me on a Friday afternoon, completely exhausted from work, family, life, blah, 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 it's not going to work. And I have fired clients because of that. <laughs> like you, you need to carve the time, right, to give yourself permission to move forward in your career. And the first thing you need to do is, is remember that you are probably giving everything 150%. And if you continue to do that, you will never carve the time to move into this next stage of your career. The stage that Susan has spoken about so well in her book and her TED Talk and you at the Career Debt Source that you're always mentioning all the time and supporting women all the time. It's You can sit there and you can listen and you can know, but if you don't activate it, it's not going to happen to you. And to activate it, you need to carve out the time. That is great advice. And you know, I just wrote, scribbled it down here, carve out the time, get effing serious. I won't swear, but get effing serious. If you really, if you, and, and you said it, if you're really serious, you've got to, you've got to do this. And and the last time we spoke, you talked about that. If you've got 150% of effort, what's going to stop? Because something needs to be stopped so that you can make this a priority. So. As always, my dear, it's great to, to hear your wisdom. And what I really appreciate is that you take a very unconventional, from my perspective, a very unconventional approach to job hunting. So it is, it is very unconventional. When people set up to me, call me and I'll, you know, do a consultation for a job interview preparation. When we're finishing the consultation, they tell me I was not expecting any of this. And I'm like, I just, it makes my day every time somebody says that to me because I know that it works and I know that they thought it was going to be, oh, this is how you answer behavior questions. And I'm like, yeah, no, yeah. mate, you can Google that. Let's talk about the real deal. Let's talk about what you, what is going to make people choose you and not the other person. So yeah, it's fun. I love doing what I do. Well, we love you doing what you do too. And you're such a, a good friend and so generous 
service to to us and, and our members in a career that soars. It's wonderful to have you as a member and and one of those people that drops in and provides just those pearls of wisdom for our members. It's, it's awesome. You can find Renata at uh, renatabernardi.com at thejobhuntingpodcast.com and on LinkedIn because she's she's like me. She'll pop up in your suit quite a lot there on LinkedIn because we use it strategically. And of course, you can find Renata over at A Career That Soars as well. Renata, thank you so much for your pearls of wisdom, that forthright, unconventional approach to the ABCs of job hunting. I think it's been awesome. Thank you, my dear. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Mel Butcher, and I want to talk to you about the Ascend Workshop. Ascend is a workshop I created for early career professionals who are ready to take the next steps in their career. The next step could be aiming for a promotion and salary raise, or it could be looking for the next step up in another organization. Together, we'll cover using emotional intelligence in the workplace, getting our communication on point, understanding mentorship and sponsorship and how to get it, and positioning ourselves for the next step. I'd love to see you inside the Ascend Workshop. Learn more under the Courses section inside A Career That Soars. This has been another episode of Lead to Soar, a production of A Career That Soars. You can reach Michelle Redfern at michelleredfern.com and Mel Butcher at melbutcher.com. Join us inside A Career That Soars at acareerthatsoars.com.